0: Welcome to the Connected Insurance Podcast, presented by Agency Revolution.
1: Listen to interviews with the most influential people in the insurance industry. Learn the most important strategies, tactics, trends, and challenges facing today's independent insurance agents and brokers. New episodes every Wednesday. Visit agencyrevolution.com
0: and click Media to explore the Connected Insurance family of resources for insurance
1: agents and brokers. Subscribe today and get updates delivered right to your inbox. And now, without further delay, the Connected Insurance Podcast.
0: Hello, this is Michael Jans, co-founder of Agency Revolution. Today, delighted to be your podcast host. And I'm excited about this episode of the Connected Insurance Podcast presented by Agency Revolution. Creators of the most powerful marketing and communication software built specifically to meet the needs of insurance agencies and brokerages. If you believe that the relationship you have with your clients is the heart of your business, and my guess is if you're listening to this podcast, you do, then you need to see how Agency Revolution can make your relationships with your customers and your marketplace stronger and longer. If you haven't done it lately, do yourself a big favor, because I'm impressed with what's happening there right now. Visit agencyrevolution.com to receive a free demo of their award-winning software today. Um good, really good conversation today. This one, uh, again, leaning towards the practical and the tactical, kind of leaning a little bit away from big trends, though there is one that you need to be aware of. So my guest um, is uh, was actually one of the first hires for Agency Revolution in Bend, Oregon a long, long time ago. And uh, since then, he has uh, continued to uh, deliver similar services as the director or manager or the lead um, in largely search engine optimization and other tactics or techniques to drive traffic and to teach others how to drive traffic to website. Kevin Chow um, is our guest today. And um, we really get into uh, some real hardcore practical things. And I do frame a lot of this around this question. What does an agency principal need to know versus what do they need to know actually how to do? What do they need to know about? What do they need to know how to do? And if they don't know how to do it themselves, uh, how do they get it done? How do they get it done in an agency? And so um, this particular podcast, I think, broad audience. Principals should listen to it. They should share it with their marketers. And uh, we do also get into uh, something at the end that I think is really worthy of sharing with producers, account-based marketing. So we cover uh, a lot of things, small tweaks you can make to your website to make sure you get all the traffic you can. So even um, if you're driving traffic to the site, there are probably some things that you need to be doing just to make sure your site is prepared for that. Uh, also, be aware that there is a major uh, update in Google's algorithm that's been pre-announced for May 2021. Kevin talks about how to prepare for that. Uh, he delivers answers to oh the sort of the common questions about content on uh, on your website, blogging on your website. Uh, the frequency of blogging on your website, and, and so on and so forth. Um, he um, would echo um, the conversation I had with Jordan Levitt not long ago about, um, well, probably the single most important thing you can do to help uh, drive Google-driven traffic to your website with GMB. So very, very practical. Um, You're going to like this conversation. So uh, um, a few really short announcements. And then I'm going to bring you into this conversation with Kevin. Um, Of course, if you haven't done it lately, or if you haven't done it, connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, And of course, follow Agency Revolution on LinkedIn. Uh, As always, uh, I'm grateful for the five-star reviews that we get. If I haven't earned it, tell me how. Um, Chat me a message on uh, LinkedIn or email me at at michaeljans.com. And if you haven't given us a review, I uh, would love if you got on uh, um, Apple or your wh- whatever platform you listen to and uh, give us five stars. It would mean a lot to me. And um, I did mention, I think it was in the last podcast that I felt that we were going to uh, end up that podcast uh, to us over 200,000 listeners. And indeed, we did. We wound up the year 2020. Kind of nice to say goodbye to that year uh, with over 200,000 listens and boom, we're ready to start 2021 with a bang. So now without further ado, it's a great privilege of mine to introduce you to uh, my guest, SEO expert, traffic generation maestro, Kevin Chow. Kevin Chow, so thrilled to reconnect with you and thrilled to have you as a guest on this series. How are you?
1: Doing well. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time.
0: It has been a while, but you know, you and I go back 10 years, uh maybe even longer than that. You were one of the first employees of Agency Revolution. And, <clears throat> excuse me. And since then, uh, I guess you could say we both moved on, though I'm still active with the podcast. And you have had a, well, first of all, we hired you because you had experience we were looking for, and you've continued to refine and develop that experience for at least a decade. So tell us how you got to be where you are and what you've been up to.
1: Yeah. So um, early stages, when I first joined AR, I had about little about five, six years under my belt doing SEO and uh, had a great rapport with uh, Agency Revolution, yourself and Lucas. And really got to dive into all the clients that we had. Uh, The big piece is always refining, right? That's, That's the goal with marketing is you can never stay stagnant. And something that you always have to do is practice, practice and test and see what's working, understand what's not working. And so over the time, that's always something I've done. I've always owned many different websites that I used to test on to understand how the algorithms changed. What can we do? What can we not do? Uh, What does Google like? What does Bing like? All the different search engines, right? Because not all of them are exactly the same. And so going through those tests and getting different experiences in different types of code markup, if it's JavaScript, or if you're in .NET, or if you're static HTML or PHP with WordPress, all different things on how search engines can read and not read these different platforms. So really understanding them at a deeper level is really where uh, my skills have grown and understanding what Google can and can't read. So you've been
0: um, an SEO uh, expert, so to speak, for at least 15 years. And, and for most people like in that field, I mean, that field itself can't be that much older than how long you've been engaged.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm close to the start of it. It's, yeah, right. <laughs> it's, it's closer to, it's about 18 to sometimes people will say 20 years, but yeah, I'm, I'm close to the beginning of it.
0: All right. So um, here's what I'm excited about. Uh, This is going to be a very practical, tactical conversation, right? Um, I I don't think we'll drift up to 30,000 feet very often. I think we got our feet on the ground with this one. So uh, you you and I, uh, obviously, we've been in touch. And uh, so if we can give an overview, I think we're going to get pretty deeply into uh, SEO, why it's important, how to use it to drive traffic to your website, I know you've got some uh, important uh, oh, uh, principles or concepts to share about uh, blogging, um, and then we're going to talk about pay-per-click uh, advertising, and uh, we'll probably t- time, uh, if time allows us, a little bit of uh, we'll spend a little bit of time on social social marketing, social media, and perhaps account-based marketing. So, boom, uh, let's start with uh, some juicy stuff on SEO because I know that. Um, it's a skill that you can learn and, uh, uh, um, but it's not static. It ain't staying the same. So talk to us (laughs) about what's happening in search engine optimization.
1: Yeah. So for the people who don't know what SEO is, basically it's the practice of optimizing your website, the content, the code, the images, uh, the actual text on your site, making it in a way where Google can read it and crawl it and then rank you based on how your site is built out and what you have written on it. Uh, So the goal is to be in front of the users that are trying to search for, let's say, auto insurance. Uh, Some parts of the US, people type in car insurance instead of auto. So you have to understand your area and how that all works out as well. Um, So those are the big pieces, right? Just understanding who your users are and then knowing how to write content around uh, that topic to drive them in. Got it. All right. And,
0: and so I I think, let's
1: just get this out of the way.
0: This seems like a really important principle. The, the notion that somebody may have that they purchased a really good website from a really good company. And so they're done with it is, is not an accurate assessment. Is that right?
1: Correct. Uh, you will run into places where you will get a website and they say, Hey, it's going to start working and do what it needs to do. Um, Back in the older days, sure. That was definitely a thing. Um, you know, <laughs> There's times where they would even supply you content from a library, and that used to work. Nowadays, that doesn't work, and actually you can get penalized for that if you're using duplicate content. Um, so the idea is if you are getting this type of library content to make sure that you're updating it uh, as much as you possibly can for your regional area, Or to make sense to your users. Because if someone is actually in your region typing in, let's say, commercial insurance instead of business insurance, well, you need to make sure you're modifying your content to reflect that.
0: Mm -hmm. Got it. All right. Uh, Well, so you brought up a point really quickly. Well, let's not forget about it. Talk to us for a moment about duplicate content. Because, well, one of the things I enjoy about this conversation is you've actually worked with a lot of insurance agencies when you were with agency revolution. And I know know that that's such a temptation. For example, if carriers provide information about a certain product, an agent might think, oh, I've got great content for that product. I'll just put it on my website. But there is potentially some danger here. What What do agencies need to be aware of?
1: Yeah. So one thing is just understand there's certain pieces that you can relay across directly from the carrier's uh, even if it's word for word, and it's usually when it's talking about different parts of the policy, if it's certain insured amounts, if it's dollar amounts, uh, what's covered and not covered, those parts are fine, right? But what Google's looking for is the majority of that content. So if you have, let's say, 300 words, and 100 of those words is purely all about the insurance and coverage and things like that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Google understands okay. that. There's going to be things that need to be uh, shown across the board for anything, right? Even in e-commerce, it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But when it comes to the rest of that content, that definitely needs to be updated. It has to be unique. Um, And what you want to get away from is trying to get away with doing the least amount as possible. Because that'll actually hurt you in the long run. And you'll spend (laughs) a lot more money uh, without even realizing what's happening. Got it.
0: All right, so let me give you an example. Tell me if this is kind of what you're talking about. So, I uh, I was um, I hosted a guest expert masterclass recently, and our guest expert showed us Geico's content page for car insurance and or auto insurance in San Francisco, and uh, and part of what he was demonstrating was how uh, you can uh, rank high for a service uh, wherein you don't have a physical location, right? You could do it anywhere. And they popped open Geico's San Francisco page, and it was clearly uh, not a page that would apply to Boston or any other city. It talked about the uh, the numerous one-way streets and the difficult hills and you know the unique terrain of San Francisco. And so, you know, while I'm sure that there was maybe some 20 percent of content that you would have found in Akron or Austin or San Francisco, there was a lot of original content of, that was only applicable to that city. That's how you avoid duplicate content?
1: Yes. Um and how, how
0: much? So the question is always going to be, how much? If I if I see some good copy and and it speaks and it delivers a real message like my product, for example, to a customer, you know, let's say I'm a niche player in a commercial lines arena, and you know, and and my primary carrier delivers me terrific content. How much of it needs potentially to be modified so I'm not being penalized because maybe. You know, 30 other agencies in the United States had the same idea at the same time?
1: <laughs> it's the ever-ending debate question. So in our industry, no one has an exact exact answer for that, right? Everyone has right. their own experiences and what they've gone through, what they've tested. Um, something that I have always noticed when I have tried this test is, is if you're able to update 80% of it to being unique, that is the ideal spot, nothing less. There are sites that get away with it. I wouldn't chance it since it is your business and you don't want to get put into a penalty and put a lot more marketing dollars into it to try to get out of a penalty. It's just mm-hmm. not worth it. So if you're able to, I would update it as much as possibly can, but uh, my number is 80% and that's something that's, that's always worth
0: Okay. That, that's a lot. I mean, I remember back in the day, Kevin, I think we were telling clients, you need to modify 20 to 30% of this.
1: Yeah, it's, it's gotten tougher.
0: Okay, gotten tougher. All right. So uh, bingo on uh, duplicate content. I think we got that across. So let's talk about um, any, anything else, high level search engine optimization. What do you think an agency principal needs to be aware of, but doesn't necessarily need to know how to do?
1: Uh, the big pieces, right? It's good content. Mm-hmm. You need to have a Google My Business or people will call it GMB.
0: All right. We'll dig into that. Okay. What else? What else? What, what else? Like if an agency principal was saying, look, I'm, I'm not going to learn. I'm not going to be the primary writer of content. I'm not going to learn everything about SEO, but... Still, there's probably a small handful of things I should be aware of so that I I know that these activities are taking place within my agency. All right. So you've got good content, GMB, Google My Business. What else should they be aware of?
1: Yeah, making sure that you have ongoing blog posts. Now, if people are going to ask you how much, it's really dependent on what's needed for your site and your region you you don't want to get stuck in here. You need a 500 page blog post every week because we'll get into something a little bit deeper, but that will then start getting into like the quality of content on your website. And that can actually hinder your rankings if you have a lot of content that's not performing mm-hmm. and that okay. will actually harm you. So things to think about is make sure you're blogging about things that people actually need to know about and want to know about, right? I think if you look at all the commercials, We already know we can get a lower rate if we combine home and auto for the most part, you know, very generalized, right? So if you want to blog about it, blog about it one time. If you want to up, if you want to put out more information, update that old blog post and update the publish date on it. Don't Ah. put another blog post out on it. Um, There's two reasons for that. A, you already have really good content history with Google on that article and that particular URL you might have already start gaining some natural backlinks pointing to that page, which gains authority to your page and rankings. So if you tried to make a new page, then you start with, you know, ground zero, you're starting zero at the beginning. Okay. Yeah. Got it. All right. So update that content. That's the better way to do it. Um, always update. If you have FAQs on that page as well, as well if people have common questions that you get through the phone calls or your chat, you know, whatever, however you get those conversations going Uh, try to have most of those answers there for them. That way you build that trust, that authority, uh, that solid brand. And then Mm -hmm. people are more likely to fill out a form on your site versus if you're not able to provide them the information they're looking for, guess what they're going to do? They're going to hit the back button and go somewhere else. Right. Got it. Okay.
0: Uh, So FAQs, um, I'm going to tie this into something you said, because one thing you've already stressed is good content. A- and um, th- that would be distinct, because I think you've made this clear too, from content, right? So, in other words, um, it, uh, bad content can hurt.
1: Yes, that's correct.
0: It seems to be that you're, yeah, you're implying. So, in other words, if you've got a lot of non performing content, um, that could, um, oh, oh, how, would, how do you put this, dissuade the uh, Google algorithm right? If you've got duplicate content that could dissuade the Google algorithm. So the the real function here is good quality content with some frequency. Correct. All right. And so you're like, uh, let's just focus on this for a sec. What are the criteria that you would suggest for uh, that define good quality content?
1: Yeah. So Let's let's put some perspective behind it first of what okay. Google is going to consider, right? And none of it's ever so-called tied to the algorithm update, but we've noticed if you have poor bounce rate, you have poor time on site, all these other things that tie into bigger objects that are part of the algorithm update, we notice that it does actually affect it. So the idea is if you have poor content, people aren't staying on your site for a very long time to read it, and they leave right away, which would create create a bounce rate in your Google Analytics account. Uh So the idea would be if you can write content on topics they need to know about and have very precise information on there, that is something very easy for them to understand. You have to understand when insurance agents talk to people, they say, hey, I'm going to make this so easy for you to understand you're not going to have any questions. Guess what? We still don't understand you. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So if If you can type it in a way or explain it in a way where it's very bullet pointed, or if you're explaining it to a middle school student where they can explain or understand it, well, guess what? People will be able to read it. They'll digest it. They'll understand it. And they're going to like that information. Guess what? They might even share it on social media and other platforms for you. Got it. All right. Uh, you
0: said middle school student. Um, So does it make sense then for a for whoever is doing the blogging to run it through a readability index or a Flesch Kincaid or, uh, you know, one of the available online tools to see that it fits within, you know, what is that kind of a I mean, copywriters are generally going for like fifth grade level. Um, But you you think it makes sense to run it through some kind of a, a, a reading index scorecard?
1: I would say if you're going to do it, do it for the first handful of times. Mm -hmm. The idea is what you're trying to do is train yourself on how to write properly for people to understand it. It's just like me in the SEO industry. I can talk all day about SEO. And when I talk to someone who doesn't know about it and I'm trying to explain it in a way where I believe they'll understand it, well, guess what? My easy way might be way over their head. So the idea is making sure that you're able to explain it in a way where majority of the people who are going to hear you or listen to you will actually understand it and actually mm-hmm. really get something out of it. And so I think that's the only reason I would do it for the first handful of times is get practice, right? Why are you using this word that you know in your industry, but we as normal users right. do not? Yeah. Got it. Okay. Um,
0: so I, I don't know, you, you, this is a question you're going to probably resist, but I think everybody wants to know what's the magic number right? So how frequently should, do you think an agency should be blogging?
1: Bare minimum once a month. If, if you bare have minimum, bare yeah. minimum. All right. If you have something of value to say more often, then do it. You don't need to say, I need to do one a week, two every week, whatever it is. If you have valuable information that you need to get out there for your current clients and prospect clients, put it out there. That That is what you should be doing. And don't tailor it to write and try to rank a keyword. You have that focus that you need to try to put it out there, right? So let's just say something's happening and for some reason, your premiums are going to spike because of health insurance. Well, you're writing about health insurance in general. So you already know that, right? So you don't have to say, how many times do I have to say health insurance? How many times do I need to do this? Because at that point, you're already losing to Google because now you're trying to force an old school tactic uh, when, when you should be. Yes, yeah. exactly. Okay. So what Google looks for is what is this content written around? They already know the main keywords that you're trying to go for, because most likely it's in your title tag and your uh, heading one tags or your header tags. And so the idea from there is what are other terms, semantic terms, related terms that mean the same thing or tied to that word. So, if we just bring up, let's say even auto insurance, because that's mm-hmm. a very broad term, they're going to ask you if you can type around things with car, auto, vehicle, collision, um, you can talk about uh, roads, you know, different uh, destinations, things like that, anything that right. is relevant to driving or cars in general. Those are the different type of semantic words that are going to help your page rank that core keyword you're looking for, but also other keywords because you're using so many different terminologies now.
0: Um, and then presumably would also, <clears throat> if your market is local, um, you might talk about the some of the actual specific names of very busy roads where there are accidents.
1: Correct. Yeah. It, uh, so one thing we even did at Agency Revolution was we said, name the cross streets If you have a neighborhood name that's not on Google Maps, but everyone in your neighborhood knows about that name, use that name. Um, So those are the different things you want to talk about. You know, if if it's a street name that you call something else because it used to be another name prior, use that name as well because (laughs) it's that neighborhood. Yeah, got it.
0: All right. Um, so, uh, content, let's move on to GMB, Google, my business, because, uh, I, I know you believe really strongly in that.
1: Yeah. So with Google, my business, if you are looking to rank in the Google map pack, um, this is something that Google has tested. They have moved that map image and pack up and down their Google search results pages from top to bottom to middle. And what they've noticed, even if it's at yeah. the very bottom below all results, people still trust that over everything else. So it is very important for you to make sure that you're listed, have an account, and then start trying to rank yourself in there. All right. So,
0: so, so step one, I think you would say that if they don't have a, a Google My Business, they have to, like that's step, that's job one, get that done. Am I right?
1: Correct. You definitely want to make sure you set one up.
0: Because, because uh, you know, there are not very many things that we can say, do this and you'll get results uh, quickly. But with Google My Map, that can make a difference fairly quickly, right?
1: Correct, and if you have multiple locations, you'll need to set up multiple uh, Google My Business locations inside one account.
0: Yeah, one account, multiple locations. Yes. Got it, all right. Okay, Um, anything else on uh, Google My Business? It doesn't take long.
1: It, it does not take long. One thing I will say is, you know your address, it might be one way. And so the idea is to go onto USPS's website, and look up how they view your website address, or not your website address, your actual physical location address. And what you need to do is actually use that address that they're using, because Google and other search engines are tying into their database to pull that uh, address
0: so where would they where do you see different addresses uh like is it the zip plus four or or what is it
1: yeah so you can look up different uh address locations in usps and Uh or you can even do it by zip code too and what they'll tell you is some people will say oh i'm on route you know 39 and google is like actually no you're on you know main street something 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 so that's one thing you want to make sure it's very clear. Yes, you'll get your mail, it doesn't matter which way that you write that <laughs> address. But when okay. it comes to online and how Google's going to be able to read it, it you want to make sure you follow that USPS. All right. Uh,
0: so, Kevin, I remember back in the day, there was um, discussion, drama, um, anticipation about um, whenever Google was uh, announcing a new update. And there was, uh, you know, the people, people were guessing and maybe Google was putting out hints about how it would change everything. And then, boom, there'd be an update. And like, uh, you know, within a day, uh, you know, marketers would be screaming and rolling on the floor in anguish and others would be, you know, jumping up and down because, you know, they were killing it. We haven't seen that much lately. It seems that their release of updates is more like every day. And not like, you know, once a year or something like that. Uh, But now I understand that. And I think maybe I got this from you was that uh, there is an update that's coming in May of 2021.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'll go
0: about that. What do you know about that?
1: Yeah. So let me go back a little bit and kind of explain on what you're talking about. So Google a long time ago would kind of hint at things that were coming our way. And then there's a long stretch of time where they would not tell you anything and they would just release a a rollout, right? Mm -hmm. And they used to name everything Penguin, Panda, you know, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, everything in the world, right? I I go all way back uh, to a lot of the big updates. And so the idea, though, is they normally really don't tell you what these updates are anymore. Um, You'll see what used to be called or Penguin and Panda, now they're all tied into this new update that they roll out all the time. It's called mm-hmm. the core update, right? The core update, right. And so they might say, oh, it's the December core update. Well, what does it mean? Well, you really need to know what you've been doing on your website to understand what's being affected. What you know, How is it being affected? Uh, is there someone out there trying to harm you? There's a lot of different things that you have to look into. So all of it now gets tied into one broad core update. Now, with the May update, this is the first time in a very, very long time that they've ever told us ahead of time that something's coming. And so everyone got really excited because we have enough time to work it out, work with our developers, Mm -hmm. uh, work with our content team, work with, you know, designers, everything. And there's other people who are probably just going to wait and figure out how to do it later. So if you're able to, I would start on that now. And, what do we and, know about it? Yeah, so in the May update, it has to do with uh, a few different things. It's people are going to tie it to page speed and also page experience signals, which under page experience signals, the page speed is somewhat tied into that. All right. Um, so let's kind of go through some of this. The under page speed, that is core web vitals. Uh, you're going to see acronyms like LCP, which is Largest Content Full Paint. You're going to see FID, which is first input delay, and you're going to see CLS, cumulative layout shift. These are all very specific metrics and indicators that Google is looking into. Basically, what you want to look for is, is your site loading before two and a half seconds? Um, is it getting activity? Are people actually using the site, right? Um, those are things you really want to look into. Uh-huh. The- okay. The other piece that goes into it is mobile friendly. Is your site mobile friendly? You know, back in the day, you used to have, hey, let me have a mobile version of my website and a desktop version, right? And yeah, sometimes people would have- I
0: think, we, I think we were the ones that created that in, in the yeah, industry, yeah. right? Moby we'll quote. Yeah, exactly. it years, right on. Okay. Um,
1: so now your site just needs to be in an responsive. ideal situation, responsive. Yeah. And if you're with the right type of a uh, company that built your website—they actually built it from mobile first, and then built out to tablet, then desktop. Not vice versa. Oh, um,
0: fascinating! Okay.
1: So Google has already started uh, indexing how your site looks like on mobile, and they are—they took away the desktop ranking factors per se, and that, at least you know that's their words of it. And they're using the mobile index only right now on how
0: seriously wait 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 so let me see if i got this right so so is that now or after may that's my first question
1: so the mobile friendly piece has kind of been around now for almost a year
0: but but i think what you're saying it's not it's not just a piece of the puzzle it's the core piece of the puzzle
1: yeah because that's how they're looking at you is through a mobile uh response, and how it can crawl via mobile uh, versus desktop now. Because if you actually look at most users across the web, it's it's well above 50% mobile users.
0: Yeah, okay. And it's, so they're anticipating that it's going to move more in that direction.
1: Correct. Now, certain industries, of course, it's, it's desktop, right? Right. Um, well,
0: like So So, for example, when I look at uh, people who visited my site, michaeljans.com, the majority are still viewing it on desktop, even though I have such a great mobile experience. <laughs> but but in my industry, um, for whatever reason, you know, I'm catching business people during the day a lot or what have you. Uh, the majority are still on a desktop.
1: Correct. Um, that's,
0: that's not as... But but I think you're saying you still have to think mobile first.
1: You do, because you're if we're talking about this right now, if we look at your current age group of people coming to your website versus what is it going to look like five years from now? Yeah, right. So yeah, it's, it's also not thinking about what's right now, but how do you plan for the future? So it's that it's that mixing that perfect mixture in of how, how do I start shifting my site over for both user experiences? Um, but that's the thing you have to make sure is, is your site mobile friendly across the board on all devices? Mm-hmm. Got it. Uh, all right. The next piece is... Say, yeah. This is going to be safe browsing and safe browsing is exactly what it is. When they're on your website, are they safe? You know how a lot of websites used to not update their WordPress plugins or their WordPress uh, theme they were on and they would let it yeah. kind of roll. So that is actually leaving open a lot of loopholes where people can hack through there and leave malware. They can create pages for you without you knowing and trying to sell all these weird products or clickable links that would actually harm you, right? That falls under safe browsing. So you wanna make sure that your site is tightened up, you're always up to date, uh, you don't have any malware or anything that's installed on your server or your website.
0: All right, so maybe we walk through a few steps on that. So is number one HTTPS?
1: That's actually the next step, um, making sure your site is secure through HTTPS. That is actually separate from safe browsing. Um, Even if you do have a secure certificate, you can still get hacked. You can still have malware on your site. So
0: how do you you determine whether or not there's malware embedded on your site?
1: Yeah, there's a couple of ways. A, you can have an SEO look into it and they'll see like, do you have some weird pages created with weird string URLs? Um, You can also have a WordPress plugin. Right now it's it's escaping my mind. Um, And then you can also even talk to your hosting provider and they can even look into it for you. Yeah, all right, got it.
0: Okay. Uh, Anything else in regards to the May 2021 update?
1: Yes. The one piece that everyone always seems to forget about are these interstitial pop-ups. Just make sure you're not forcing them to view a full screen pop-up. Let them have positive experience on your site before you try to put something in front of their face. Um, That's going to be one of the biggest pieces, right? You want to make sure that they're getting the information they're looking for before you try to throw a pop-up in their face. I know marketing yeah. best practices is like, hey, pop it up after five seconds. They had enough time to read on your site. But if you go to a brand new website, do you really have that time to get information? I landed on yeah. your homepage and that's three seconds. I might just found an area I want to click on because it has the information I want. And then all of a sudden I'm stuck behind a pop-up. Um just something to think about. Um,
0: okay. Uh, so now um, what about exit pop-ups? Uh, are you okay with that? Yeah
1: exit pop-ups are good. again, okay. it still can't take up majority of the screen.
0: So exit pop-ups less than half?
1: Yes, le- definitely less than half.
0: Okay, got it. All right. Um, and yeah, I mean I know you can set a timer. So you could do 30 seconds, but uh, uh, would you lean more towards just just save it for the exit
1: pop-up? So I think about it differently. Um, uh, Again, every digital marketer has their own techniques. So whatever works for them, do that. But my idea is if you're gonna give them a pop-up, it should only be on very specific pages, right? Pages that matter. Why would you give someone a pop-up on a blog if they're there just for informational base? Um, if they're on one of your service pages, then yeah, that, that probably deserves a pop-up does the homepage. That might be more of a chat bot that you might want to pull up versus Mm -hmm. a pop-up. So just think about the experience of what you're trying to deliver to your users and where you can actually be helpful versus where you're trying to help, uh, get them down the funnel quicker. Got it. All right. Um,
0: boom, does that take care of May? Yes, it does. All right. um, so, talk to us. Uh, let's do a little segue here and talk about PPC or pay per click.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, I know, yeah,
0: and and I'm asking because uh, you know I I think we've seen lots of insurance agents, oh you know hope for magical things to happen there, and then you know I've seen agents uh, do do this and really focus and 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 do it do it in such a way that they get some results. So. Walk us through what an agency needs to think about when they think about pay-per-click.
1: Yeah. So if you're someone brand new to pay-per-click, I would guide you to work with a contractor in the beginning. Let them teach you how, how to do pay-per-click. The reason I say that is, is we're spending the money up front or even having them do it purely. But if you get into it and you say, hey, anyone that types in auto insurance, I want to rank for this. And, <laughs> you, and you know what you're doing, right? Yeah. And yeah. guess what? Yeah. That that uh-huh. click might be up to $96 a click during the hot hours and as low as a few dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Got it. Now, if you don't know what you're doing, you're probably ranking for it globally and not just your state or just your region. Um, and so you're getting so many people clicking on it. You could sp- easily, sp- I don't even want to say how high, but you can yeah. spend... Uh, On the short side, uh, a few hundred thousand dollars in a day if you don't know what you're doing. Uh Um, Okay. So first thing is if you are getting the pay-per-click, I would get trained by a contractor or someone that has experience with it. If you don't want to go down that route, first things you want to do in your AdWords account is set up targeting for location. So do you only want to target for your state or do you want to target your county or do you want to target your specific city?
0: Let me right. uh, pause. Let me let me uh, ask you a question here, really quickly. Um, are you in this case? Are you speaking generally, or are you talking about Google AdWords only? So, this way, is well. I've I've seen agencies um, advertise on Google. I've seen them advertise on on Facebook. Uh, not so many on Instagram. But yeah, t- talk us through the. You know, like maybe that's a that's a good sort of primary question. What are the platforms they should be considering?
1: Yeah. So let me ask that first part. It's across yeah. the board wherever you're going to put your money into. Okay. Um, Got it. It's, pre- it's protecting yourself and understanding how it's working, but also making sure you're not spending your your entire yearly marketing budget in one day. Yeah. Oops. So yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah, right. I, I
1: have seen it happen before, so it, it can get a little scary. But uh, to answer your question, mm-hmm. platforms, where yeah. are your users, right? That's that's really the answer. It's they're definitely on Facebook. Now yeah. let me ask you this. If you're on Instagram, do you really want to see insurance stuff? That that's a question that you're going to have to, you know, answer for your region, right? Because right. some some places it's a yes. Some places it's a no.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Twitter. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, if you're on TikTok, uh they're just opening up their advertising spaces. So probably not. Uh, definitely Google AdWords. Definitely Bing. Um, and if you get into some other platforms, you can get into something like Reddit and all those other ones, uh, to test out, you can, but I would just stick to Facebook and definitely Google ads and Bing ads. And Bing. Okay. Got it. All right. So,
0: um, so let me ask you another question because, uh, um, I've known a lot of, I've known a lot of pay-per-click Experts and and they will have their bias based on their own training, right? And their own kind of business processes. Correct. So some some will, they'll build themselves as an AdWords uh, specialist or PPC specialist. And frankly, 95% of what they do is on Facebook. So how do you like uh, even select a vendor and know that you're getting somebody who's, well, you know, got the breadth and depth of skill to service you?
1: Yeah, for a few things ask them if they are Google AdWords certified and make sure you see that certification. It's a link and you'll see it's tied to their name, their email address, everything. Okay, Uh, That's step one. And Mm -hmm. that's definitely something you want to make sure that someone is actually certified and went through the test and knows what they're doing. Right. Uh, The other piece is just asking them simple questions, right? And then you challenge those questions. So, You just brought up, you know, what platform should they be using? You want to ask them for their expertise. Hey, I'm sure you've done some research. If you're looking at our agency and our competitors, where should we be? What should we be spending? What kind of return should we expect? Those people can answer those questions. If they can't, and they can't even give you a generalized answer, that's not the person you should be with. Right on. Okay. Got it.
0: Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I know it's been a while since you've been active with insurance agencies, or at least you know, through Agency Revolution. Um, what, what do you think makes, you know, what kind of messaging is appropriate, right? Um, I mean, so typically, you know, if, if I'm getting a response uh, in, a, let's say, a Facebook ad. Um, I've got a really specific. Generally, I've got like a lead magnet. I drive them to a landing page or something where they're. It's kind of top of the funnel in in my business, um, and so they jump into my uh, marketing funnel, and then you know it's my responsibility to move them down the funnel. Um, insurance is a little bit different than that. What, what do you think? Um, you know, what what kind of advice would you give somebody strategically about the the use of pay-per-click advertising
1: yeah it's a really good question and there's a lot of different ways you can go something uh-huh. that i something that i see that's really effective is if you're doing retargeting right you drive someone into your site let's say it's through the blog um if you're doing it via email if you're doing it through newsletters if you're mm-hmm. if you wrote a really good piece and someone found it because they asked a question and that was part of your yeah. blog uh-huh The idea from there is you can actually drop a cookie on them and that could be through Facebook. It could be through um, a lot of different platforms, but even Google and Bing and so forth. And the idea, once you cookie them, they're now inside your database. You can even get it from Google analytics, right? And so the idea would be now they got that information from your website, top of the funnel. Now they leave and they said, Hey, I, really good information let me you know ponder this let me go do some research well guess what do you yeah. think they really remember who you were <laughs> right the yeah. second they left the site do they remember the name of your agency right so what do you do well with retargeting you can actually follow them around and well if they go to another blog site guess what you have advertisement that is following them everywhere and if you go to YouTube well you're following them and you're on their youtube videos and Got they it. see you yeah. so yeah. you're constantly in their not in their face but you're you're there where you want to be with them along the way and so you're not being charged to be there you're only being charged for the click mm-hmm. so they could see you a thousand times and not click you and guess what right. that's free advertisement oh, for yeah. you beautiful Right. So there's branding, there's information. And guess what? Now, when they're like, oh, what was that company? They've been following me around everywhere. Oh, yeah, there they are. Click. Guess what? Now they're back on your site. You can drop them specifically where you need them to go. Mm-hmm. And boom, they're ready to purchase from you. Got it. All right. Beautiful. Um,
0: let's, uh, anything else on pay per click you think that people need yeah. to be aware of before we yeah, move yeah, on? Yeah. 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 Uh,
1: yeah. One thing is, and we talked about this, is making sure that you are choosing uh, your location extension. And what that can actually do within Google ads is it can actually help you get into the Google map pack in the paid, in the paid sponsorships section of it. And that can usually, and what I've seen is it pushes people up to like the position one, position two spots. Ah, so okay. You can actually be up there, even if your organic spot isn't quite up there yet. I've seen people get boosted towards the top because they're putting some money in it.
0: Okay. So uh, Google likes it when you're giving them money.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh,
0: uh, whatever I mean call you know uh, call it mercenary or or you know they 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 know that you've got you know you that that you you're a legitimate business that's offering a real service, so boom right so if you so you say choose the location extension, define what that means
1: yeah, so when you're creating your ads, you can have text ads, you can have image ads, you can have dynamic ads, each of these ads you have extensions and you can advertise, you can do call outs, you can do site links. Uh, site links are the smaller links that you see below uh, a website in the Google search result pages. Yeah. Um, and so you can do call outs, which you know, talks about promotions or sales or whatever you want to put in front of them. Mm-hmm. And then you have location and you have other pieces too, but the location is definitely a big piece. And if you really want to get into it, you can even do phone, uh, phone calls. So if they click on the phone number yeah, it's like direct dial versus them having to load up a website and then, click yeah. and then calling right it. on.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Terrific. Okay.
0: Anything else on uh pay-per-click advertising?
1: Uh, those would be the biggest pieces. And uh, again, the biggest thing is just make sure you work with someone that understands it first before you try doing it yourself, just to save yourself a huge headache of losing money. Yeah. All right.
0: Uh, so I have two other questions for you and they're not, I don't think they'll take quite as long. Um, The first one is about social, social media, social media, marketing, social posting. Um, It's uh, it has the advantage of being uh, relatively easy to do. It has the disadvantage of um, also being easy to, uh, to suck your time and deliver low results. So talk to us about um, effective way to use social. uh, Yeah.
1: What's the perspective on this from your point of view? In this industry, it's, it's very tough, right? There's, let's, let's just call it out what it is. If you have a really strong personality and you can be fun with it and figure out a way to really connect with your area, perfect. You, you can be, You should be on social. Okay. Let, let's say you're not very sociable. You don't know what to put out on social media and people are trying to tell you what to do. The idea behind it is don't post unless you have something important to say. And the only reason I say that is because there's other ways you can always keep your social media going without you constantly posting to it. Mm -hmm. If you're using a WordPress website and some other platforms have this as well, once you publish a new blog or a new page, the plugin will take it and publish it to your social media accounts for you every single time. So then there is some updates for your users that do follow you and want to get this information. Um, The other piece is no one wants to go on social media to hear about the same <laughs> over and over and over. <laughs> as much as I love these clients, and I and I get to know them very you know personally, as a customer, we really have to think about it. They're not there for that. They don't know you at that level yet. And so, what you really want to use are just items that will make sense to them: videos, infographics, pictures, um, or if you have. Something really important to put out there uh, that would be good for your clients to know or even yeah. prospect. No, go ahead, put that out there. But if you really don't have anything, you can't, don't force it. Just because what you're going to do is actually have people not wanting to look at your information or follow you, and that would actually go the opposite direction of what you're trying to do.
0: Uh, So, so, so uh, let let me ask your comment on this. I recall this was uh, maybe a year and a half ago or, you know, uh, over a year ago was, uh, you know, in October of last year. Uh, I was on Instagram and I, and, you know, of course, most of my connections are going to be in the insurance industry there. And I'm looking at like every single one, like saying, happy Halloween. What's next? Happy Halloween see what the next guy says. Happy Halloween. Uh, <laughs> uh, and, and I thought, okay, you know, maybe no harm, no foul, but what are you going to say in the first week of November? Or is it just going to be, are we going to start getting ready for a big happy Thanksgiving messaging? Right. <laughs> so. Um, yeah.
1: And I think yeah. you can even think about that a little bit deeper, right. Especially uh, location specific. If you're in the Northeast, yeah. guess what? you're already getting ready for those winter storms, right? Mm -hmm. You're talking about not saying they need to know about frozen pipes and all this other stuff all the time, but there there's different messaging you can provide depending on the region you're at. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if you're in, let's say Arizona, what are you going to do in November? Hey, it's finally starting to cool down. Um, Make sure you have done this ahead of time. So for next season, it's you're, you're secured, right? So yeah. you don't wait to the last minute and everyone's doing it. And now all of a sudden you're in the season and you're in trouble by then.
0: Mm-hmm. So
1: there's, there's different messaging for every single part of the uh, US and different parts of the world. Everyone has different type of environment. Everyone has different weather. They have different types of things that are happening that I think if you can tie into that and stop being so generalized, then that gives them more things to talk about got it all right um,
0: I have one last question but I, I, I here's here's what's in the back of my mind because this ties into a lot of what you've talked about if we talk about content and we talk about social um, I mean to some extent we're talking about uh, publishing publishing some kind of messaging right it's a it's it's a world that's uh, well a generation ago wasn't available but now it's like You know, everybody's doing it and a lot of people are doing it poorly, but some people do it really well. It's like, oh, I'm not just selling insurance. I've got the capacity to deliver a message to, you know, potentially unlimited number of people. Right. Depending on how good my messaging is and how good of a marketer I am. And um, and so uh, I think uh, sometimes agents are thinking, oh, you know, they're stymied by that. Uh, You know, how do I know what they want? Um, and yet, yeah, calls are probably coming in, you know, every single hour all day long. And, and somebody on the team is taking questions all day long. Um, and, uh, and there are claims that are happening, uh, you know, for particular reasons. It, it would seem to me that in an agency, uh, if we set up some kind of a, uh, you know, uh, an internal system, there are uh the the marketplace itself we're close enough to the marketplace to know what's on their mind. We just need to have a system internally to get those questions from uh from the from the telephone to whoever's responsible for creating content
1: yeah, that's correct, so there's actually a couple of pieces behind that right mm-hmm so you want to put content out in front of them, not just at the top of the funnel. That's just to bring in new prospects, yeah, right? right. Okay. You okay. need that content that walks them through the funnel. So what what kind of content do you have that's mid-funnel? And then, of course, your service or your uh, uh, your carriers and things like that can help a little bit. But the bottom of the funnel is always the service, right? The type of insurance that they're trying to get. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Top of the funnel is very easy to, is easy to get. And let me list a couple of things. A, if you are running Google ads, you can do keyword research in their keyword planner. And if you have tools like SEM rush or AHrefs, refs, uh-huh. you, you can type in uh, auto insurance. You can type in business insurance. You can type in agriculture. You can type in whatever you want into their keyword section. And it's okay. going to spit out phrases, uh, also has, which means it also, there's other wordings that go with it that have mm-hmm. that same keywords. There's also questions asked, right? Right. And, and then even if you go into Google and do a search, it'll say people also ask or the autocomplete that drops down, you can see what other people are typing or what they constantly search for for that type of keyword. Mm-hmm. Another fun piece is if you take in that major keyword, let's say auto insurance, and you take it to um, ask the public And what it'll do is it'll look at its database and figure out, here's all the questions people are searching for around this term. And it'll spit out, you know, depending on how competitive the keyword is or how popular it is, it could be five terms to a few thousand terms. And you can then kind of theme it in a way saying, wow, people have all these questions about car insurance. Let's write something about this. Oh, there's this other side of auto insurance that we didn't think about. Here's another blog all about this. And it'll help you guide and, and figure out how to write for top of the funnel. And then from that top of the funnel, now that you got them interested, they're doing some research, right? They're ready for that research. What information do you have to provide them? What content do you have, right? Yeah. That's, that's what you need to put in front of them for that mid funnel. Because once they have that information, they're now ready to buy. And now you already have your carry or your uh, insurance claim pages for them to purchase, Got
0: it. All right. So that site, it's uh, answerthepublic.com, dot right?
1: Yes. And you can type in anything, and you're going to get. Keep it keep it very broad. Uh, so just yeah. type auto insurance. Don't throw in a city. Don't throw in anything else. You can if it's a major city, but mm-hmm. um, it'll spit back nothing if it if you typed in a little bit. If you went a little too granular, so keep it very top level.
0: Well, uh, so with auto insurance, you you at least I, I just got seventy seven questions back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Got it. All right. And they're broken down into categories like how, which, who, what. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's terrific. All right. Kevin, I have one last uh, question for you, which I think is, um, oh, particularly interesting to agencies with producers, account-based marketing. Can you define what that is and, and how to go about that?
1: Yeah. So think about if you're on definitely the commercial and business side, if you are buying email lists and it's just not working, right? You're, you're sending it and the people aren't even there anymore. Or you bought a list and there, it was a fake person that wasn't even really there. Think yeah. about if you can you know, work with a company that will have updated information for you and you can target a specific role or decision maker and you can customize that message to them. And you don't have to send out a blast email, right? Because that's what a lot of people try to do, especially in the insurance industry. Hey, I have all these prospects or I have all these current clients. Let me send out the same email, change out first name. Let me change out, you know, this information here. And it's, it's basically a template and it shoots out. Well, here, because it's business and commercial side, these are very valuable to, uh, these agencies, right? Mm -hmm. So what you can do is you can go to someone like a, a zoom And basically if you're using their platform, you can understand a, how much this company makes, you know, how many employees, yeah. it, it gives you right. a very detailed information, somewhat mm-hmm. like, you know, LinkedIn does as well. But then they also provide you very specific information, phone numbers, email addresses, uh, the seat that they sit in. Um, maybe they got promoted. They'll have that information already because they're constantly dialing out and and finding this information. Now, instead of you sending out a bulk email list or bulk email, uh, message to them, you can, you can now tie it to them very specifically because you see all their social channels, you see what they like, what they don't like, what they talk about. So now you can personalize that message very specific to them. Now, if you want to have real, a lot of fun with it, uh, this is just a creative idea. What happens if you you understand? Hey, they're into uh, sports or they're into running or whatever it may be. So, yeah. okay. besides me just shooting them an email, I'm going to time that email with a gift I'm going to send them. And so, because I know they like running, I'm going to send them one shoe. It's going to be the <laughs> left or the right. Yeah. Okay. And you're going to have a message inside of the box saying, "Hey." Uh, I'm glad this grabbed your attention. Can you open my email? Guess what they're going to do? They're going to open your email. And in that letter, basically it, it would say like open my email to just get the second shoe. And all you're trying to do is tell them, Hey, spend 15 minutes with me on a phone call. Mm-hmm. I'm going to send you your other shoe. How many people are going to go for that? I'm- yeah. Yeah. I know it works very well. (laughs) And so you can personalize it a lot to them, right? If someone likes cooking, well, you're going to send them something along those cooking um, atmosphere. You can do a lot of different things and get to know that person very specifically and tailor a message to them. And if you want to go into that gift giving part, that's a whole nother bonus. But that's the thing is you can get something to them that means so much more at a deeper level. Than sending mm-hmm. them this template email that once they s- see the subject line, even in their email box, they're probably deleting it. without even They know ordering. it's spam. Got yep. it.
0: All right. Um, so much more uh, labor intensive, much more manual labor, but really highly targeted information. And for what it's worth, I know you can get 14 days free access to Zoom info. So somebody... Zoominfo.com. just jump in and check it out. Uh, a very useful tool for producers. Kevin, um, so you've been really valuable or really generous with your time and the, this information is tremendous. If there was uh, if there was a message you wanted to deliver to agency principals who you know really well from your work with agency Rev, <laughs> what, what's the message that you would want to uh, like pass on to them that that uh, you think they need to pay attention to?
1: Yeah, I would stay out of the way of people trying to gain your business by talking about we can do this by producing this much content or um, when they start giving you metrics around that, or if they have a package, stay away from those. Um, Yes, they do. They can get you value. Usually those companies see that value in a lower competitive area and Mm -hmm. lower competitive niches. The idea is what you want to see is how well do they really understand you and your business and what are your pain points? The salesperson is always going to ask that, right? That's, that's a sales tactic. Now, when you're actually talking to someone in the agency, how are they supposed to be able to do that for you? And if you're hiring a purely SEO only agency, how do they know what part of the funnel that means the most for you and your clients? Because at the end of the day, For you, it's about how many leads did you close, not how much traffic you drove to your website, because I can write a blog post that's going to generate thousands (laughs) of people to your website, but if they're not going to ever convert, then what's the point? Yeah,
0: got it. All right, So so this ties back to a question I asked near the beginning, and it's becoming a... Oh, a more common question for me to ask, which is what does an agency principal need to know as opposed to uh, what do they need to know how to do? And I think you're suggesting they really need to know enough about this stuff that if they do hire a pro um, that uh, th- they've got enough knowledge and, and enough understanding to be able to manage the vendor.
1: Yeah. Uh, that's definitely something you want to do. And yeah. even with my old clients, I, I've kept a relationship with them where, they, where I let them know, I'm like, hey, look, if you're ever getting reached out by another company and you want to send me the information, I'll look it over and tell you if it's legit or if you should go somewhere else. That's something I've always done because we built up that relationship. Yeah. And it's, yeah. I see the value and I'm always looking out for them and not looking to make a quick dollar on them, right? I, I didn't even charge them for it. I just said, hey, look, send it to me. I'll look it over. Right on.
0: Um, Kevin, uh, for people, our listeners who want to, who may want to reach out to you, um, what should they know, and how should they do that?
1: Yeah, so I'm pretty active on um, Twitter and LinkedIn. Even though I, you know, said Twitter probably might be not be a place for the insurance <laughs> industry, but if you are on Twitter, I am Chowser24. Uh, yeah,
0: so, was- uh, so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure everybody gets that. That's Chowser. C-H-O-W-Z-E-R, 24, because there are clearly 23 others that we haven't heard of. <laughs> so, so you're Chouser24 on Twitter.
1: Correct. Right?
0: Okay. And, and LinkedIn?
1: LinkedIn, so LinkedIn.com forward slash I-N forward slash Kevin J. Chow.
0: Kevin uh, J. Chow. Got it. All right. All right, my friend. Um, Very good. Well, uh, as always was uh, terrific to spend a little bit of time with you and I have pages and pages of notes. And uh, yeah, I I have a feeling we're going to get a lot. We're going to get some tremendous response to this conversation. So thank
1: you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. You bet.
0: Thank you for listening to the Connected Insurance Podcast. If you found this episode informative, please share it with your peers and colleagues. Explore the connected insurance family of resources for insurance agents and brokers by visiting agencyrevolution.com and clicking
1: media. Subscribe and get updates delivered right to your inbox. New episodes every Wednesday.